Next, on News for the Soul, My Way Om with Robin. Robin is a mind-body connection, healing arts practitioner and consultant, specializing in the nervous system, emotional regulation, and intuitive coaching. She's a passionate advocate for holistic wellness and the body's ability to heal. Her personal, pivotal experience includes healing a marathon training injury, Wilts running the actual marathon, and holistically healing her own thyroid disease. Please welcome Robin back to News for the Soul. Hi, everyone. This is Robin. Great to be here today, and welcome back to the show. This is My Way Home with Robin. Today we have a wonderful guest. I'm so excited to welcome our guest, Meredith Oak, today. She's an executive coach and founder of the Quantum Biology Collective, And today we'll be talking together about all things quantum biology, something very near and dear to my heart as I've kind of found this, come to this through my understanding of healing and wellness and well-being as I've healed myself and developed my coaching work. And um, especially, and I hope we touch on this today, especially as I understand what nervous system regulation is, for me it's, it's so divine. And at the cellular level, I believe that's where God works with us in um, sort of how we vibrate and resonate in accordance to his uh, resonance through us or absence of. And so I feel there's so much connection between spirituality and science when we start talking about quantum biology. So Meredith, I'm so happy to have you today. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Robin. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, I'm so happy to talk to you today. I want to hear all about the Quantum Biology Collective. But first, I'm wondering, can you talk to us, give us a little bit of science and history and tell us what is quantum biology? Okay, so in in the simplest terms, quantum biology is the intersection of traditional biology and quantum physics. And so as you were saying in your beautiful introduction, um, a lot of the understanding that comes out of quantum biology is ancient wisdom that we've known a long time. But what quantum biology has done is give language and um, evidence to the fact that quantum effects happen inside living systems. And from a a scientific standpoint, up until very recently, that was not considered to be true. So when quantum physics uh, was first developed just over 100 years ago, it was sort of like the renegade, the radical renegade uh, branch of science that no one quite knew what to do with. And since then, it's given us uh, computers on the one hand. On the other hand, it's given us atomic weapons. Uh, but it turned out to be a very, very robust field of science. But its its application towards living things was kind of thrown out. And the, uh, the consensus was that the quantum effects ceased to happen once you start talking about biological systems. And some very intrepid uh, scientists got together about 20 years ago and started to investigate whether that was really true. And they found through their experiments that, in fact, it was not true, that, in fact, there's very clear evidence that quantum effects happen inside living organisms. 
I'm like, this is so exciting for me. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So take us back a little bit. um, Tell us about you. So how did you kind of find quantum biology? I'm sure there's a story here, sort of like you're coming into this science and I just want to hear it all. So tell us. Yes, I came to it the way, you know, it sounds like you came to a lot of your work as well is out of a personal need. Um, my, one of my children had, had a on sort of ongoing symptoms that we couldn't quite figure out. Nothing like super duper serious foods and different things like that. Um, and then I started to develop like a quite um, severe sort of energy deficiency. And what I, I learned later was probably chronic fatigue, although no one had a name for it uh, at the time. And so I went to, you know, all of the traditional doctors, and then I went to acupuncturists, and, um, you know, I was, and um, wellness specialists, and I did all the functional testing, and I did all the food, and I did all the supplements, and I, like, did all the microbiome stuff, and um, it didn't, I wasn't getting better. I got a little bit better, but I still couldn't like get through the day without needing to lie down. Uh, yeah, even though I was managing Pardon? It wasn't helping your dreams. Like you were still drained easily. Yeah, kind of what exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I would sleep ten hours a night and still be tired, yeah. uh, and still have multiple points in the day where I would have to like stop what I was doing and like lie on the couch and do a reset just to get through the next couple of hours. Um, and yeah. I had quite brain fog and um, all kinds of things and. So during that time, I had a moment where I just, you know, the the feedback that was sort of in the wellness space at the time just was always sort of like, your your food, your food, your food. And I'm not like a big food, you know, I don't mind cooking, but it's not like my thing. And so I was like, I don't want to focus on food anymore. I can't do it. And right. it's I draining just me. got really quiet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like another thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I got really quiet and I, I had like went into a meditative moment and I just, I was like, I must be missing something, right? Because like my training as a coach is like, there's always a solution. We just haven't found it yet, right? There's no such right. thing as an unsolvable situation. And I flashed on an interview that I'd heard that I hadn't really paid attention to about light. And in that mm-hmm. moment, when I was up against the wall and I was like, I will do whatever it takes just to help me see what to do next. The light, this light interview flashed on my mind and I went back and listened to it again. And I was like, Oh my goodness. (laughs) Because once you start to understand how important the light environment is, that leads to quantum biology. And so that was the beginning for me. So I'm curious how personally you incorporated light or discovered light, how that unfolded for you. And I'm also curious biologically what, you know, what light really represents for us in terms of our energy source. Right. Uh, beautiful question. So, yeah, so the first piece is just sifting how we perceive light and its role in our lives because most of us don't even think about it so the first step is to think wait a minute the quality of light that I'm surrounded by matters as much 
as the quality of food that I drink, as the quality of water or water that I drink, or of food that I eat, of of people that I share my life with. We we understand that consuming a lot of toxic food, a lot of junk food, or being around a lot of toxic people, you know, or drinking bad water, we know what that, you know, we may not know on the molecular level what it's doing, but we know it's bad for us, and we just don't think about light. So the first thing is to think about is to see it that way. It really, really matters. And just like with food, there are, there's natural whole food, and then there's processed junk food. It's the same with light. The light that comes from the sky is hmm. whole, yeah. whole light. It's nutrition. It's feeding our bodies. It's giving us things that we need to thrive and survive and grow. Um, and the light that comes out of a screen or out of a standard LED light bulb is junk light. Um, and it's especially at night after the sun has gone down, it becomes quite toxic. Yes. It's really hard, sidebar, to, you know, even go to a store and find, I can't do it anymore, a light bulb that's not LED. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, I, it's it is. unbelievable. And I've always had, like, a sensitive aspect to myself. And so, for me, like, light has been such a story. <laughs> um, mm. and, and so, it's, like, so funny. Um, I forget where I was going with this, but the light bulb thing. I, so I can see strobing in LED lights. And I know that wow. a lot of oh, people Oh, you're very can. sensitive. Yeah. But try explaining that to people. And it's like, you know, the eye rolls, you know, all these things. So, you know, in yes. school, anything synthetic, um, perfumes would make me vomit. I mean, so sensitive. So anything wow. synthetic is triggers my body and anything I guess the opposite the opposite of synthetic um real <laughs> um, yeah. is nourishing like I feel how it kind of fills me up and you know from like a wilted to flowering or blooming flower that's sort of how it's always affected my body and it's very hard I'm a mother too and even you know raising kids right now like it's really hard to not have a some kind of toxic day with light, with sound, with um, food. Um, and then you'd also don't want to obsess over it. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, for me, when I come, <laughs> because that's not healthy either, but yeah. um, if you can't just go outside and be in the sun and be with nature and sort of like feel the way light, you know, healthy solar light, fills you up if you if you can't do that then there's probably some kind of distortion in your field and then if you want to do that but it's hard to do that that's where I feel like oh my gosh I really feel like we need to bring this aspect of quantum biology forward like really fast because it feels like everybody could use some healthy light yes yes they absolutely could I mean we are all totally deficient in um, huge parts of the of the light spectrum that come out of the sun, and especially infrared, because uh, we when you think about how we evolved, it's like we as humans we evolved being outside or by a fire, and that's it, right? We had a dark cave, we had a fire, or we were outside with very little clothing on. So we evolved and were program we were programmed 
by the light frequencies that come out of the sun. And so our biology is completely tied to that. It's like, like the sun is sort of giving information and it changes moment to moment all day long and it interacts with our cells and it tells our body what to do. It tells our body what processes to run. And so when we, we separate ourselves from that, we get, you know, we get really sick. Now, I totally agree, too, though, you, like, we don't want to lose our minds over it. And I know sometimes, especially moms, when I bring this up, they're like, oh, my God, another thing to worry about. Right. <laughs> but I think, like, what I like to say is that, the, you know, if we, if we just, you know, maybe pulled a little of our energy out of food and a little of our energy out of a few other areas and just put it on light, having a healthy circadian rhythm makes our bodies so much more resilient, so much more robust. Like my daughter, who I mentioned earlier, can now eat. She no longer has food intolerances because we were able to, like, get her body thriving. So this is one of those things where, on the one hand, it's like, ah, we're in such a bad place with it. But on the other hand, if we can balance it out to the best of our ability, like the benefits are really quite extreme. Yeah, I really resonate with that. And I think in the spirit of light, it's like when it's nighttime and the sun has set and it's time for darkness, then you should be sleeping and um, mm-hmm. and not in front of light or artificial light. And so I think for children and myself too, you know, that's my number one for my own self, you know, personally, whenever there's kind of a distortion or something to correct, especially in the household, it's first we fix sleep. We work on sleep and then everything yep. else kind of follows i know it's like sleep not light but it feels so connected in terms of like then when you're awake you get your light yeah and then when you go to sleep you're in darkness so you 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 need the not light (laughs) so that your body can go into healing (laughs) yeah yes because the the darkness is a signal as well that our body needs and if we don't get that darkness signal that also causes problems yeah and one of the main reasons that circadian rhythms are so important is because they they enable us to get good quality sleep. So the two things are completely intertwined. And so I always joke, like, on our podcast, I'll have a cardiologist on who understands this, and I'll be like, you know, what's the number one way to prevent heart disease? Good quality sleep. And I have right. a sports medicine doctor on what's the best way to take care of your brain, get get good quality sleep, right? Like, it, it's everything you're – starts with good quality sleep and having having an optimized light environment makes sure that the sleep we're getting um, is doing what it's meant to do. So that's why when I had my fatigue issue, I could sleep for 10 hours a night and still feel awful because I wasn't getting, um, you know, the processes that happen where our minds, our brains get cleaned and our cells regenerate and all those things, they weren't happening properly because of yeah. uh, an improper light environment was preventing it. Yeah, I think mom sleeping is um, its own category of sleep, too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. Just, you know, you, you hear mom and you say yes, and it's like, obviously, you weren't sleeping deeply if you're saying, if you're yeah. responding instantly <laughs> in the night. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. The rebound there for women who are mothers, you know, from a hormonal standpoint, too, with circadian health and sleep. And um, yeah. I know I went through it, too, in a very, very big way. Yeah. But sort of I found um, the value of light and darkness and the correct, you know, 
ways to do it or experience it during the day and um, what was nourishing and what was depleting and where there was a, an out of balance. Um, and it, it manifested for me in a couple big ways. So it was, it was, it's really interesting. Um, so how do you, yeah. Um, so I'm so curious about the quantum biology collective. Can you tell us how you started this and what it is and how you bring sort of your personal experience and your love of quantum biology to it? Sure. So it's, Started, I had no intention of getting involved in any of this um, professionally. I was just doing it to get better. Um, but as I studied it, you know, I started learning about it, I don't know, like 2017, 18. And I kept thinking, wow, I can't believe no one knows this. Wow, I can't believe I didn't know this. And I kept waiting for um, the information to become known and you know, for articles to start appearing and things to start happening to explain this to people. And it just wasn't. Um, there were a few, you know, key figures who were, you know, who would do a lot of podcasts and talks and stuff, but they tended, it was like very complex science and um, wasn't very accessible. So during COVID, my husband and I decided as to, as a project, we would start an organization to make this information accessible. And so that has evolved into the Quantum Biology Collective podcast, which is like for a general audience to understand. And then we also have a professional community for practitioners. And um, I recruited some faculty of practitioners who've been practicing this and studying it for a while. And they, they now teach other practitioners um, how to understand the science so that they can bring it into their into their areas of, of practice and their areas of expertise. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I think that it is the next frontier. And it's, it's interesting to hear you talk because I think when I was in the depths of my, like, something's not right, I'm not getting the answers that are helping solve the problem. You know, for me, it was, I think, I, I feel like my son was probably two years old and I nursed for a long time and things were out of whack. I was going through a lot of personal stuff, relational stuff that was not okay and I needed to kind of get out of eventually but my health like I had skin cancer uh, that mm. was a whole other thing. and then um, thyroid oh. disease and through the whole skin cancer issue uh, this is controversial to talk about but it's basically like you know I had wore sunblock my whole life and stayed out of the sun you know how could this have yep. happened yeah yep. <laughs> and now it's like we're not, we don't wear sunblock and we use, we are in the sun, you know, in a healthy way and we're totally fine. And I, so that was like a huge um, shift in understanding for me, which I think that is still pretty taboo. And even sometimes, like I think last summer, my son was at the beach with family friends while I was working and I went to pick him up. He's like, mommy, they put sunblock all over me. I'm like, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. Um, but just yeah. that shift in understanding is not exactly mainstream. And, you know, I understand that, but that was a big change for me. And I think also just, um, well, years ago I had injured myself physically and I ran a marathon with the injury because I was like, I've trained for months for this. I'm going to run it anyway. And that was my first real foray into healing. I was still in my 20s, though, so I kind of let it be what it was. But I basically mm -hmm. felt the shift 
in my body as I was running the race and I, I like experienced the rehabilitation. So that was like a really early experience I had where I kind of understood without the vocabulary that like the body has the wisdom to heal itself. Um, and then through the skin cancer, I was sort of like, this body now is applying different wisdom <laughs> and will, you know, behave accordingly and sort of in connection with nature habits and choices will stay healthy. That was sort of how I decided to shift through that. Um, I needed to take care of it, but, you know, that's kind of how I saw it. And with my thyroid, it was a similar experience where the recommendation was to, um, you know, take it out, be on medication for the rest of, you know, rest of my life. And I thought, no, you know, you didn't ask me how I got here. But I think similar to what you were saying, this is what kind of sparked it for me. Was I wanted to go, like, running with joy back, say, like, I want you to know that I fixed this because now I understand that I had to connect back to, like, the um, healthy rhythm of my life and my heart and my soul. And I was in um, a distortion because of circumstances, and this is what manifested. And you didn't ask me what I was going through in my personal life. Didn't you want to, you know, like, I, and I, and it was kind of like a Pollyanna moment in that, like, you know, you walk into that waiting room and everybody's, unhealthy and following the rules and it's sort of like oh this perspective is not welcome here and I think that you know I would never want to malign a a medical professional but I think in general like this work of quantum biology and bringing quantum physics and sort of like you said the old wisdom it's not new age it's old wisdom back in I know it's not profitable but you know Everything we need, we've been provided with. And if we're working with the the elements in the frequency and the cadence of what they, you know, how they work with us, then there's harmonic resonance, attunement, and that's where healing happens. That's where health lives. And so I, I just really my hope and my wish, especially, you know, for our kids and stuff is that we kind of merge and marry back these two aspects of medicine and health and wellness and that it's less about profit and more about, you know, what you can do in this body um, with your purpose and your health is going to have such a lasting impact. And it's sort of why you're here. We're not here to be sick. Yes, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, and I completely agree. And I, I think it's interesting because the medical system um, has just become so extreme. It's obviously really life-saving and wonderful in in many different crisis situations, but from a, a preventative situation or a maintaining optimal health situation, it's really become more and more designed to not be able to provide that. And so what I see happening is more and more physicians are seeking ways to leave that system or seeking out other types of information um, because 
they are even starting to feel it. Now, they're in a minority for sure. Most doctors, yeah, uh, you know, are like, oh, you have acne? Why don't you take a birth control pill, right? Like, they're still doing crazy things right. like that. But I yeah. see more and more physicians um, because it has become so out of balance. Like, it's so we're so far away from the days where your doctor would know you as a person, right, and would and would take into account all of those factors you just mentioned just by default because they would have a sense of you. And now it's all algorithms and boxes to tick. But I do think the bright light of that is that it is so bad that more people are, are like, wait a minute. And they're starting, you know, they're starting independent practices or they're studying integrative medicine or they're, they're doing other things because um, they want to be part of the solution. And just as a side note on the sunscreen thing, I'm, I'm completely with you. And um, we actually did a, a talk in our community, and our, one of our presenters, Carrie Bennett, she's, um, she's fantastic. She's really good at explaining the science of this. She did research to try and find the studies that showed that the sun, the connection between the sun and cancer, and there actually aren't any. She could not find a single one. All of the studies were done uh, with UVA light. So all of the evidence that we had, and so then it was like, well, that, that frequency is in the sun, so the sun must cause cancer. Um, but when you go under a, a light bulb relation and when you're out in the sun, it's surrounded by all kinds of other frequencies, including infrared. So it's not a direct comparison. So just an interesting side note. <laughs> It's so interesting, and I I love all that stuff. It's so, it's so fun to read all that. I um, I appreciate you bringing that up because I think like it is important to look for things like research like that too. Because then you can wonder like, well, how was this determined to begin with, and how did we get here? Um, yeah. And I think in terms of like, you know malabsorption um, of anything, nutrients, energy, light, sound, right, when there's a distortion in your field. And that's where I feel mm-hmm. like, um, you know, like a biofield tuning, like I, I want to talk about sound with you too because I feel like, you know, there's light and there's sound, but I think I think that they're both important. I'm curious what you think about that, but I think in, think in terms of, you know, being out in the sun and if you're – I mean, I know it's scientific too, but if you're vibrating at a resonance of like discord and disharmony, you're going to pick up the, like, you're not going to absorb the full spectrum in your body. So I think for me too, it's sort of like I wasn't okay. And so I had like a manifestation of that in my skin. That's how I see it. I'd love to hear you say it back scientifically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but it, I mean, it makes sense that if, if we're, you know, discordant in our field that, yeah, perhaps we're not absorbing all of the frequencies that we're meant to. And then layered on on top of that, like even just wearing sunglasses will mess it up. Um, you know, there's all these different ways that we put actual physical barriers there. Um, but that's, that's really interesting, Robin. I don't know. I'm, I would want to explore that a little more. Yeah, I'm curious about it, too. These are my my big asks as I've kind of, like, sort of continue to wonder, Mm -hmm. like, how did I, you know, how did I get sick, but how did I get well? And how do I stay well 
um, not in like the obsessive way, but in terms of like, if I could be like in discord for so long, how could I stay harmonic and like stay in that resonance and perpetuate that? Because that's, you know, and I think from a nervous system standpoint, for me, that's like what nervous system regulation is. It's like sort of maintaining the fullest expression of who you are over time. So think about it in musical terms, sort of like holding the note, holding the harmony. And if something goes like chromatic or like you hear like the out of tune instrument, so to speak, then it's sort of like, okay, there's an attunement that needs to happen somewhere in the field to like get back into Mm -hmm. the harmonic resonance. So, um, but I also eyes. Okay. Good question for you. Um, I agree with you on sunglasses as I've kind of like come through my skin cancer journey. I now don't wear them anymore. Don't need them. I've adjusted back to it. Um, and what do you think about contacts and glasses in general and light? Um, yes. So glass and contact lenses will block out some of the frequencies that we need to absorb. Um, so there is a brand of contact lens, I believe, that's made out of a material that will allow the full frequencies through. I have to research the name I can't remember right now but probably no one has that because it's hard to find and you have to look for it on purpose so uh, if you want to set your (laughs) circadian rhythms the best thing to do would be to go outside in the morning and take your contact lenses out so I know it's kind of annoying but to answer your question they do it does disrupt the signal Um, glasses are slightly they do I mean, ideally, you would take them off, but because they're not pressed against your face, you would still get a little light coming in the side. But ideally, in terms of, like, setting your rhythm and helping your body know where you are in time and space and what time of day it is, ideally, you would take off your glasses or take out your contact lenses and go outside when you go outside. Now, I know that's not practical, but if you're, you know... To set your rhythm, you want to go out first thing in the morning and then periodically throughout the day and then ideally a little bit at sunset. So if there would be a way to schedule some lens-free time throughout the day, that would be ideal. Yeah. It's amazing. I've I've kind of organically come to that conclusion. I love hearing you say it back myself. And I've worn glasses since I was 10 years old and contacts, obviously, as soon as I could get them in my eyes after that. And I have been reflecting a lot on, you know, what I've worked through in terms of regaining, you know, really coming into wholeness and wellness and really feeling like light has been impacted. I've had this impact of light on my body because of my eyes. Um, So that's kind of something I've been thinking through personally. Um, Yeah. It's just so fascinating, so fascinating. And, you know, it's like they're meant to support us. And, you know, I do need them. I can't see really well without them. But I wonder, you know, like food, like sugar, like sunblock, have our eye, has our eyewear been something that's been equally as hindering as it is helpful for exactly this reason? Is like it's kind of kept us, you know, if you wear glasses, is there a caveat? Like you should also be working on your light environment and, and being conscious of that while you're wearing them so that you stay optimizing, right, getting the optimal light throughout the day because you just don't. If you've got contact lenses in all day and you're wearing sunglasses or regular glasses, you're not you're not getting the light. Yeah, no, you're not. 
Amazing. And, and yeah, it's, yeah, or even, yeah, even just inside all day without opening a window because the, the glass on a window pane blocks it, blocks some of the frequencies as well. So, um, coating, the old fashioned glass actually didn't, like the, like if you go to a cathedral and the glass is made of quartz or something like that, you know, and I always wonder if that's why old buildings like that have such a different feel because the, the full light frequency does get through. But now for reasons of to keep the heat in or to keep the air con- conditioning in, they started sealing most manufacturers seal the glass with like a coating of stuff. And it, it blocks a lot of the sun at a lot of the light frequencies. So you end so up getting amazing. crappy light even in, even sitting by a window. But if you open even it even, even like an inch, it makes a huge – you've solved the problem. Amazing. And I yeah. do agree with the older, like, churches and those windows where the light's coming in. It does have a different feel. Yeah. It, like, you. It, it, like holds you. You feel connected to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what – where – how do you see sound in all of this? Um, so sound, I'm not personally as well-versed in sound, but absolutely it, all of the same things apply, right? So natural sounds that we are meant to hear, like bird song, waterfall, the wind rustling the trees, you know, all of those kinds of things are healing. And sounds that we're not meant to hear, whether it's, uh, that are man-made, um, yeah, they they have a a toxic effect. It's a little interesting because we've had some calls, of, you know, discussions about this on a Q&A, and people are like, well, what about music? Like, my my daughter loves this music. It makes her feel great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, turn it off. So there's definitely, <laughs> for some things, like a personal preference that comes into play. Um, but yes, absolutely. Generally speaking, you you want to be mindful that your sound environment is as clean as possible. Yeah, I feel that too. And so, you know, the the radio, uh, I can't even listen to it. Um, being no, no. <laughs> like, we we hardly ever have like like re- regular television on. We just if we you know we watch something, it's like we just go straight to the thing. And there were some sports event that my husband and children wanted to watch. So, yeah, they just had it on regular TV. I was like, oh, my God, turn it off. I, like, mute it, I mute know. It. Okay, I'm like, like the same way. I can't, I, it's it so hard. Like, unbelievable. It's so hard. Awful. <laughs> I know. And, like, I don't know. It's like if you try to be healthy in this world, you can't live in it. So it's. Sometimes you have to stay a little toxic. Like you need to have a little dosing of it so that you could like, you know, you know, like find me a restaurant where there isn't a television on in the background and I'll go, you know, like you have to be world. (laughs) My children, every time we walk into a restaurant, they tease me. They're like, oh, look, mom, this one only has four TVs. And these are things that, you know, people don't even, I don't, I mean, I can't even talk with most people because they don't even think about this kind of stuff. So I just like, you know, kind of like dying inside every time I go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, you know, a school barbecue or something and the music is blasting because there's a DJ and all I want to do is like leave. (laughs) I can't even think straight. 
So, I mean, it's good to laugh at these things, but I, I do think we've, <laughs> we have to maybe find, like, just get back to the 80-20 rule of, like, toxic overload versus not neutrality, yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that's it, too. I, you know, sometimes people run away from this because they're like, well, I'm not giving up my phone. I'm not giving up that. And, you, you know, yeah, it's not, we don't have to. It's just sort of mindful of it. Like, you were mentioning sugar, you know, like you, you don't just like eat unlimited amounts of sugar. You're like, you know what? I'm going to have, I'm going to have a piece of pie tonight and it's going to be a nice treat. And that's that. But when in the dark, in the quiet, light no. and sound. Yeah. We, you know, we just don't think about it. It's like, I'll just turn my phone yeah. on and stare at it whenever, whenever I feel like it. And so it's just about being like realizing that it does matter to like put a little intentionality around it without being crazy and I, I, I will also mention that you can that the you can get like those orange lens glasses if people do want to like you know on a Friday night we want to watch a movie after dinner or whatever we'll put on those glasses and we'll do it they do work yeah I think that there's just little things like that that make yeah. perfect sense people like you and me I guess <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> You know, to my, you know, I'm like, can you, you know, to my son, can you bring these glasses into school and and wear them at school? No, mom. I'm like, okay, I knew, I knew you would say no. <laughs> I don't even know why I was asking. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I tried that too. It was a hard no. <laughs> they have to wear them at home, but they're like, sometimes they're going to a sleepover. I'm like, you're going to pack your blue blockers? No. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Like, That's your thing. That's your thing, mom. <laughs> so I, I get it. I understand. But I think awareness is, is a really great word. And I think it's just, you know, it's human nature to to organically swing back through neutrality and into into balance. And I, I do think we've lost our way as a collective, but I think we're finding it again, and it's going to take some time, but I, I do believe in my heart of hearts that, you know, you have to laugh, number one, because sometimes yeah. it's like, wow, how did we get here? And we're, we got here, too. You know, we went through our darkness or sickness or whatever it was that brought us yeah. to this awareness or desire to live with this mindset. And, um, you know, I like to believe that people will find their way through in, in whatever way that resonates. And I, And I think, you know, a lot of our systems are falling and changing and shifting and we're kind of in it right now. And um, it feels exciting and empowering to be part of the, in the spirit of awareness, kind of the rebuild that has intention as part of it and attention as an understanding. Um, and that may be on the other side of all of this, you know, we can marry this old wisdom with the, the assets or the, the aspects of our, systems that that were good or intended to be good and um that a really embodied whole person will choose will make the right habits and choices that will keep them aligned and so if that means they need to put on the blue blockers to watch tv and that helps or they don't need it for a night but then return back to it you know i think it's that kind of intentional way of living that at least i aspire to Yes, I think so. And and I totally agree. And, you know, you just never know where 
yeah, where the inspiration is going to come from. And I had a, a family member recently um, ended up in the hospital um, quite suddenly, like we had to call an ambulance. And uh, mm-hmm. it ended up being like an amazing experience. And they ran, you know, because they ran all these tests and they were like this and you're dehydrated and all of these things that this person had been ignoring and not paying attention to. And this trip to the hospital, you know, they they gave her fluids and they talked to her about different things. And she was like, oh, and it made a big shift. Like it was a big shift for her. And now she's, you know, back home and doing a lot of things differently. And I was like, we've been saying these things for years. And she's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so you never know where. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, got their own water and drink it. <laughs> like, you just never know what's gonna where the message will come from. <laughs> it's true. Some people answer the soft knock, and some people, you know, only notice when the door's broken down. So, um, <laughs> it's that that part is challenging. That's hard when you, when you care for people and you love them, and they're in your yeah. family, your, your inner circle, and you see a way that that might be better. It's it's really hard. To watch, it's hard. Yeah, I. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, so I wonder what's next for you, and what's next for Quantum Biology Collective, and how are you growing, and how is this work kind of bringing? How are you going to continue to bring it forward? Finding that the the podcast is a great tool, I. We started it just more for our community, and we were it was kind of a, a little niche thing. But it seems to be I've been noticing, Robin, that like over the last year, people are really seeking out this type of information. So that's been really fun, and I've on for my part made more of an effort to have my guests speak in a general way, so it's not as deep into the complexity of the science. It's more. Uh, accessible. And then um, on the other side, we're we're continuing to offer the certification, and that is really growing. We offer it like uh, it's going to be three times a year now, with um, spring, spring, fall, and winter. And that community is just amazing. I I just sit and listen to all these practitioners like you and the, all these people talking, and someone will, you know, what I hear very, very often is people will come in and they'll be like, oh, I have, you know, I'm trained in like a primitive reflex technique or I'm trained in this and that. And like, we, it works, but we can never explain why. And now oh. under studying quantum biology, they're like, ah, now I know why it works. I love that. I love hearing that too. Cause, um, you know, I have Reiki healing. I've been a Reiki healer for, I don't well maybe over 10 years I forget how long and I've been teaching yoga I've been a student of yoga for 20 years been teaching for over 10 so I have like an understanding of energy and the body systems and kind of like anatomy and physiology and all of that structural stuff but I also have always felt like I like even just how fascia is like kind of taking stage right now um mm-hmm. you know as a ballet dancer growing up I've always felt really connected to the fascial system through yoga and how it's <laughs> so integral to sort of like holding energy and moving energy. But like you just said, have not really ever had like 
it, it always felt like, um, yeah, totally woo-woo, it's awesome, out there kind of stuff and how I was describing it. And I feel like now, same thing, like the more I understand quantum biology and, and quantum physics and like the word quantum, um, I feel like it's kind of making everything that I've understood intuitively make sense or like feel real, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. But I think that, that, oh, that's yeah, what I but, hear over and over. And that's what I experienced too, yeah. You're into all this stuff, you know, you know, like I could feel it was true in my body, but, uh, but I always like, but how? <laughs> yes. And then through my healing and even through my teaching, like, I, you know, I've been a yoga teacher for such a long time. I've always had private clients and I've been able to like work with their systems in really intuitive ways. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've had like a good enough way of explaining things because, you know, often the receiving, if you're on the receiving end of that understanding, it's, it can be simple if that's enough. But I've always wanted to know more of like, how do I know this? Um, and I, and especially through my own healing with the thyroid and sort of like, you know, how I'm bringing my work forward now, I really feel like when there's like the alignment of the science and the spirituality, it feels so true. Like it just feels so definite. And so I feel so confident in how I can bring it forward because I have like, it just feels like I have the experience of it intellectually, physically, physiologically, and spiritually. So it's like I've got all the components of it in my body. Like I understand it through all of that, and so I can bring it forward. Um, using the technology to do that has been a whole other experience, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even use Instagram. <laughs> but it's, that's, my, that's my big learning. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is how you make a post. This is <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so that's been a whole other sidebar. But I just, um, you know, just I think what you're doing is is like so perfect in that it is just that it's sort of like bringing community together to under further and to bring the understanding forward through all of the the avenues, perspectives, experiences, and ways that people have integrated this knowledge and that it is sort of using old wisdom to define new age in a way. That new age word is a little bit tricky for me. Um, So I really like old wisdom. And um, I also feel that it's, you know, divine in that, you know, we are – plugged into God all the time or not, depending upon, you know, our own free will, but that if we're all kind of here through light, (laughs) that, you know, like the stars in the sky, we want to shine as brightly as we can. And we do that when we're like plugged in. And that's, you know, from a spinal alignment perspective, it's divine. Like we keep our spine straight so that we you know, when our spine is neutral, we naturally align toward the sky, toward the sun. And when our feet are in the ground, we're plugging in to the earth. And that's like, that's it. That's, we are all connected. We are connected to everything around us. And so the medicine is really in everything that God has provided for us. And if we distort it or we're distorted, we can't give, receive, we kind of lose the sense of what that cycle is. And so I think the spirit of health and wellness, too, is sort of understanding that scientifically, <laughs> biologically, you know, we are we are here just like the trees are here, the water is here, the sun is here. Um, but that 
when we understand that about ourselves, especially with water and, and at the cellular level, that there is a responsibility we have to our resonance so that we can really be here serving serving our purpose because there's only one us. So I don't know. It's so divine to me, and it's awesome in, like, a book-smart way, too, because it's it just makes – it brings the biology uh, forward in such an expansive way. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I'm right there with you. I, yeah, everything you just said um, resonates and is true, right? It's like the lens through which we understand how we work has expanded and once, yeah, once you look through the quantum biologic lens, yes, everything, everything comes into play. Our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, our, you know, um, every aspect of life becomes a biological input. And it's, it's not just like what we chew up and swallow. Um, it's everything. Like we're, we're frequency beings. And now yes, that is sort of that is no longer woo woo. <laughs> that is fast. Oh. That's exciting and it's exciting for me too. And I've had to kind of keep going and um it was a couple of years ago now I did a presentation and somebody kind of commented afterward and was like, you know, that that doesn't it's kinda of like that doesn't make sense. There's no field that we're broadcasting to. And I sort of thought Okay. Like, what can I, you know, what can I say? <laughs> yeah. And, and that's how it works, though. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense if you don't have the full context. Occasionally, like, a, one of our clips will, like, go into, like, you know, get circulated outside of the people who choose to see them. And the comments will be like, well, that's not true. Well, that, that can't be you. Or I must be on the pseudo, oh, I'm in the pseudoscience YouTube area, right? And it's like, I understand why they think that, because if you don't have the paradigm, like you haven't, if you haven't made the paradigm shift and you still think only the old things are true, then yeah, it does sound crazy, but you're just lacking, it's just a lack of context that they haven't caught up with yet, which again, to your point about like creating, you know, creating these collectives and is because the institutions, you know, they're not going to catch up. There's a gap. So it's just up to us to all sort of come together and do shows like this and do things like this and connect the dots because the, the science is all there. Um, yeah. And now we have the technology. We can teach it to each other. <laughs> it's true. And if I could just use it, I knew how to use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my learning. I'm trying. I'm really trying. Um, but that is how, you know, I have to agree with you there because even just in the last couple of years of, you know, having, I never had any social media. So it's, it's just, for me, that was like something that didn't make sense. So again, like I've had to expand in so many ways, but it's been, it's been very good. Um, but even just, you know, finding you and noticing the way the Instagram algorithm, you know, shows me people like you and people like me and it makes me kind of feel like, oh, my gosh, maybe there is, you know, a community of people like me out yeah. there. And then I see, like, oh, and look at what they're doing. They're doing really great things, and they know how to use Instagram. <laughs> like, it's so exciting. <laughs> I, 
I'm like you. It was, it, it was I had to push myself to do that. <laughs> but yeah, but the ben, there are a lot of benefits because yeah, like the algorithm can be used for bad stuff, but also it does bring people together and you know, it, it helps us find each other and we're all sort of on the same wavelength, so to speak. Cause that was another reason I'm like, I don't want to go on there. I'm, it's just going to be filled with people being like, you're crazy. Blah, blah. But I know. you know, the algorithm keeps them out, I guess. I don't know. I guess it only shows me people like me, so it must be good. <laughs> yeah. It just kind of helps you solidify your own perspective, I guess, <laughs> for better or worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, you're right. It's who's driving the car. You know, it's who's behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. So it can be, you know, used for good or, or not. And that's, you know, yeah. discernment is always going to be key in anything. So I think with this stuff, too, it's, you know, some people are open to hearing it. I noticed that in the beginning of, like, you know, creating a website and, you know, how am I going to bring my work forward? And I'm still growing, too. I really see that, like, there is a wave of people coming toward me, and there it still feels like it's a small, you know, I still feel like um, I've gotten a lot of hairy eyeballs. But people are kind of softening, mm-hmm. I have to say. I agree with you that I think in the last year or two, it's sort of like, okay, wait. You know, because even, um, you know, what is coherent? You know, these words, like, nobody knows what yeah. coherence is. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I have to stop using the word. Because nobody knows yeah. what I'm talking about. So, you know, but I, for me, like coherence is so coherent. It makes yeah. such spiritual and scientific sense. So, um, but that's been, you know, my learning and adjusting. And I think that that's healthy too. And, you know, I we we live in this world and, you know, like we're parents in this world. And it's okay. Everybody can be who they are. But um, I do laugh because sometimes, you know, as I'm watching the flickering lights in like a, a building, but, you know, I don't go to malls. I don't yeah. go, I really don't go certain places because I'm like, I can't stand the light. <laughs> um, but you'll find me at the beach. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, oh, here's, you know, not that you well, maybe we'll ever use it, but if people are like, I don't know what you're talking about, you're crazy with this flickering, if they take a, a video with their iPhone, slow-mo, um, like in slow-mo version, and play it back, they will see the flickers that you just see with your naked eyes. But they're there. That's and you can amazing. They them. are there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I see I can use science and technology to back me up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Meredith, it's been such a pleasure to talk with you today, and it's just about time to wrap up, so I'm wondering if there's a way that people can get in touch with you or if you want to leave any contact information before we say goodbye. How can we find you? Um, sure. So I we're on Instagram um, at Quantum Biology Collective, and um, we're on YouTube at Quantum Biology Collective as well. And I put the podcast on there, and people like to leave little comments and say hi, or you can uh, DM me on Instagram. And the website's quantumbiologycollective.org, and there's a directory on there if you want to find, like, a a doctor or somebody like that who understands light and quantum biology. That's sort of our – that's a sort of free directory to find people. That's amazing. Well, I love what you're doing, and I'm so glad we got to talk today. It's been such a pleasure, like I said, and um, I hope to stay in touch and that we can touch base again soon. I hope so, too. Thanks so much for having me, Robin. It was delightful to speak with you. You too, Meredith. Have a great day. Bye.
Bye. And thanks, everyone. This is Robin at My Way Ohm. You can find me at mywayohm.com. And I look forward to seeing you again on the radio. Take care now.